Hey, it's Bobby Hundreds, and you're listening to a new episode of Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad. Now, Bomb Talk is my weekly live talk show on Twitter Spaces where I invite guests from our Adam Bomb Squad community to talk on everything NFTs and Web3, all this crazy techno jargon that I'm still discovering and learning myself, and this talk show is all about. Today's episode is dedicated to how NFTs are disrupting the music industry, changing the dynamic between musicians and their audiences, and making it easier for them to directly connect with them. We have Latasha rejoining us. She was a guest on a past episode. We have Nadia from Russian punk band Pussy Riot. We also have Justin Blau, uh, the DJ who is joining us later in the show. And Justin is a real, real pioneer in this space, having been doing this now for a number of years. So uh, sit back, enjoy, and and I hope you learned something. Hello, everyone. Say hi. Say hi to your friends. This is your community. These are your people. Say hello, everyone. Wave. We need more uh, more fun emoji functionality, don't you think? I wonder if Justin's in the room. I know Twitter's listening. Wave at your friends. Lurk on their pages. Yeah. All right, we're just waiting for the room to fill in a little bit. Um, I'm really glad to have everyone back. I, uh, I blow this every single time in terms of knowing which number bomb talk this is. So I think we're on number six or seven. If one of my co-hosts knows, chime in. Um, but I, I think we're on bomb talk number six or seven at this point. We kind of had like a phantom bomb talk that was in New York during NFT NYC. Uh, that was in person. And in fact, uh, our sponsor for that bomb talk made a giant boo-boo and did not record the episode. So that was very limited. That was only uh, for the people that were in the room. But one of those guests is rejoining us today. That's Latasha, because um, the topics that I wanted to get into on, on today's episode of Bomb Talk, I just couldn't think of many people who could speak on it as well as Latasha could. And she really deserves her own weekly podcast. And you'll be meeting her in a second. Uh, everyone, welcome to the room. You're listening to another episode of Adam Bomb Squad Presents Bomb Talk. Uh, I'm Bobby Hundreds. I'm the co-founder of streetwear brand The Hundreds. We've been around for 18 years. We're a, we're a men's apparel brand that started off being a men, men's apparel brand. And really, that doesn't make any sense anymore because men, women every gender, every type of person on the planet now wears the hundreds. So I don't even know how to consider us. And we're not just apparel anymore either. Uh, this year in August, we released an NFT collectibles project called Adam Bomb Squad. And it, it still surprises me because so many people from the hundreds community and even personal friends of mine still ask me things like, do you, are you into NFTs? Are you going to get into NFTs? When is the hundreds going to do NFTs? Which tells me two things. Number one, we've just been doing a piss poor job of marketing our project, if people don't know. But I think also that NFTs in general uh, could be doing a much better job of marketing NFTs to non-NFT and non-endemic people. Um, and so I guess it tells me three things. The third being 
that we have so much opportunity ahead and there's so much open land, still so much time uh, to, to convert and to radicalize our friends, our neighbors and family members, especially over the holidays. Think about this a lot that this Thanksgiving and uh, winter holiday season are going to be crazy here in the States because we all have those annoying ass uncles who are going to be sitting at the table talking to us about crypto and NFTs like we don't know. But now you are those people in that position and it is your duty and responsibility to help us all out and to onboard as many of your loved ones onto this space as possible. We don't want to leave them behind. We want to tell them to, you know, delve into it, maybe try dabbling a little bit in NFTs, get one, get two, get a bomb, get a doodle if you can, um, get a dead fellas, get an ethereal. There's so many amazing projects out there. All Smiles is crushing it right now. Um, amazing projects. Okay, so uh, this show is called Bomb Talk. And um, it is our venue to introduce our community and any crypto newcomers to the NFT space. Most of us, including myself, we're still, still trying to wrap our heads around NFTs. We've not just barely scraped the surface. We're assembling this definition together, one word at a time. And look, the reality is, at this point in time, in 2021, to fully grasp and appreciate NFTs, you have to speak tech. I think this is the highest tallest barrier to this space. I'm sure many of you can relate. Even if you're into crypto at some point in the last 10 years, for most of us, the discussion has been pretty dense, pretty unappetizing. NFTs are slowly changing that. Now, crypto is not just a tech thing. It's art. Crypto is culture. Crypto is community. It's about all the things that I love. I'm sure many people in the room also feel the same way. So, over the next few months, over the next year, over the next decade, there will be more scaffolding in place to help non-tech savvy people onboard to the metaverse. And whether it's social media apps, building in more NFT functionality, I know Twitter is working on that. I know Instagram's working that. TikTok's already dipping their toe in. Or whether it means more celebrities and culturally relevant figures making crypto a less scary place. And, and really, we'll need more conversations like these, like we're going to have today. They help. They add a human and a relatable element to a very technical and complicated language. Like, I still don't know how to make a Spotify playlist, right? Like, I still don't even know how to set up my Apple TV properly. Um, and so how do you expect someone like me to jump into crypto and NFTs if we don't have these human conversations, if we don't have our friends to walk us through signing up Coinbase, MetaMask, linking the two, telling us what to look for in OpenSea, there's only so many of us that can live on Twitter all day and talk about this stuff. And so we're still very much in an echo chamber. We need to step out of that echo chamber. That's what Bomb Talk is about. If you're just joining us, I'm Bobby Hundreds. I'm your host for today. We've been doing these Bomb Talks every week. They usually fall on Mondays. Uh, this week we're on Thursday. But we've been doing these specifically, well, number one, to educate as many people about Adam Bomb Squad as possible. That's our NFT project. So get out there and check it out. But also, number two, to onboard as many people into crypto and NFTs as possible because we believe there's something really electrifying happening right now. 
and we believe that we're setting up the future. We're building the future. And I don't want my community to be left behind. I believe crypto uh, is really, really not just the currency of tomorrow. I think it is a mindset. Uh, I won't get into Web3 uh, mindset, but that is really where we're all headed. You know, whether you run or work for a company or a corporation or a brand, whether you're an artist, uh, we are all going to be continuing to veer more and more towards Web3 and the Web3-minded uh, uh, philosophy. So this is an open and honest conversation we have here on Twitter Spaces with different bomb holders from the Atom Bomb Squad who offer unique insight on this revolution. Uh, today's episode of Bomb Talk is unique. As many people in NFTs are already aware, the compositional makeup of this space is asymmetrical. It's men, it's white, and if we're building the future of our world, I, you know, look, it's my personal opinion. I, I feel like it needs to represent our world, how we see things, how we look, how we talk, what we're interested in. We want this space to be hospitable, friendly, inviting to as many people as possible, right? So I'm very proud and honored to have Nadia from the Russian protest punk band Pussy Riot on stage with us. Uh, I see that she's requested. Nadia, I know you are, I don't even know where you are in the world, but you're here. And we also have the music artist, Latasha. It's a good friend. Um, are you both connected and in the room? Latasha, I know you're, re you're requested as well. Nadia, you're here. All right, and Latasha, you're connecting as well. Can you both hear me? Natasha, are you there? All right. I, okay, I am here. I'm here. You're here. You're here. All right. We got one. We got one of the two. Um, I know Nadia is somewhere out there as well. We're, we'll we'll bring her. We'll find her and we'll bring her back on stage. Um, Latasha, how are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be, you know, chatting with all of y'all. And obviously, always love talking to you, Bobby. You're the fam, and this is like really exciting. I'm. A huge Adam Bomb Squad fam, and you know, I just love everything that we're doing with this space right now. So, what's up, y'all? Yes, and we also, I think Nadia is finally connected as well. Are you there, Nadia? Oh no. Okay, well, Latasha, let's begin. Um, I, I think this is really cool because I get to interview you twice. You were on the uh, New York panel. For bomb talk and so i think you're the only guest in in our bomb talk short bomb talk history where uh we get to we get to delve back into the same topics but everyone walked away from that session saying oh my god i wish i could just listen to latasha <laughs> like every sound bite came out of your mouth and i said it earlier i feel like you could have an entire podcast weekly or daily where we could just listen to you because you have so much insight on the space as an artist as a collector uh, as a thought leader, as a community leader, all of these things. So I'm just super, super gassed to have you up here. Um, I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about, because I have both you and Nadia on the, in the room, uh, was just, uh, I, I guess we can talk about gender and the lack of women um, in this space, why that is. Uh, and what we can do to address it. I mean, I'm going to just spit out some really brutal statistics, according to Fortune and Bloomberg. 
Of the 378 venture-backed cryptocurrency startups that were founded between 2012 and 2018, only 8.5% had a female founder or co-founder. There are twice as many men as women invest in crypto across all racial and ethnic groups. In fact, 85% of people in the Bitcoin community are men. And over the last 21 months, female artists accounted for just 5% of all NFT art sales, which like that statistic, I'm sure many people saw that circulating around Twitter and have been talking about it. And if they haven't been, we need to talk about that. It's staggering. Uh, it's unconscionable. Just 5% of all NFT art sales went to women, female artists. And surprise, surprise, for those sales, they made much less money for their work too, proportionately. Um, I don't even know what to say about Latasha. Say about that, Latasha. I just wanted to know what you thought, what that feels like for you. I mean, I don't, I, I can't answer that question for myself. That's a question for all the, you know, white tech bros in the space. Like, what's going on? Um, you know, like, honestly and truly that's also a question of just the systematic issues that were going on in the country as a whole right like women have always especially black women has always been at the lowest rank of getting paid but also doing the most work right like the information out there lets you know that black women are the ones who are out here becoming entrepreneurs taking the time to go to school being like the ones that are graduating the most in schools and every Everything. So I don't know if I could answer that question. I think that's a question for, you know, the people who have the privilege to answer at this point and see what they could do to restructure everything. And I know there's a lot of allies or quote unquote allyship in the space. And I think it's really important to like look at that information and then figure out how we could change that. And my work every day is making sure to onboard as many women as possible into the space, especially black women, especially musician women, especially marginalized communities, because we need to make sure that we're changing that ASAP. Um, but yeah, I, I like to give that question to the homies to like be like, okay, what are y'all doing really? I think that's totally fair. Uh, Nadia, did you were you able to finally connect? Yeah, um, Twitter Spaces had a little bug, but um, I'm here. And um, yeah, it was like low key funny for me that I I couldn't I couldn't get my voice heard um, at the. I sort of want to talk about female voices, but I'm glad I was able to connect. Oh, it's so good to finally hear your voice in here. And it is quite ironic that you couldn't be heard on this stage. Um, Nadia, I, I don't know if you heard any of this setup, but I just listened, just rattled off a few really staggering statistics about the lack of women in crypto and the whack, lack of women. And yeah, and it's whack also, the lack of women in NFTs and, and, and the artists. Um, it was just like an emotional response uh, that I wanted to, to hear from you. How does that make you feel? And, and what do you think about that? Uh, it makes me feel sad um, a lot. And I think it's okay to, um, to admit that uh, we are vulnerable. And we're, you know, we are allow, allow ourselves to feel sad. Um, I mean, honestly, after the first two days uh, of uh, MC, I... I was just like you know crying for two two hours in my pillow in my hotel room, 
So that was a kind of a, a good and a bad moment because it was not it's not fun to cry. I mean, the reason why I was crying not because I was hurt by anyone or harassed or something. I was I was fine, but it's just like you know the the amount of uh, the ratio right between girls and guys is uh, is something. Um, it's like it's not what I'm used to because I'm coming from art circles and music circles and you know women are important part of that like we're creators like we are you know we're pop stars we're artists we are rock stars and I feel like for the rest of the world um at least like where I'm coming from like that's it's not an issue anymore like everyone like you know I'm surrounded by like smart talented people like Tovlo, Marina, Charlie XX and Pablo Vittar and so nobody questions that <clears throat> we should be here because like we're bringing something really amazing and valuable and beautiful and smart and funny um so yeah and then I just go and stand in line to the yacht uh the Bordeaux yacht uh, boat thing in New York and and maybe they were amazing people, but, you know, just, like, lack of diversity, like, really hit me pretty hard. And I'm really glad I have uh, fellow queer and non-binary and female artists and creators and just um, leaders and investors in the NFT space um, in crypto and to uh, who I can just come and be like, hey, they can, can you just give me a hug? Because I, I feel shitty. I feel... Um, cause you know, it's not just, just me, uh, loving to be around girls. It's like, it's just like, well, this is a preference of like my taste. I love to be around girls, but, but also, you know, like by, by seeing, uh, this space not being diverse enough and like kind of people not caring, uh, as much as they should about that, it, it shows me that, um, uh, people are still undervaluing, uh, artistic and, um, artistic labor that's done by females and I'm really actually celebrating like all these talks that we're having like really actually recently about um this this giant gender gap in this industry that is supposed to um bring us bright new future and and I'm here to to build this uh bright new future and that's the reason why I stepped into crypto that's the reason why I'm as an activist I'm um I'm obsessed with uh this possibilities this these tools are giving us but um we definitely should be really really careful of how we, how are we using these tools and who are we empowering and are we including um everyone or it's just uh for for those who were lucky um uh, you know in the beginning i mean <clears throat> just generally i like i see why crypto has so much more guys i mean like first of all because like girls like just historically like for the last like 10,000 years or i mean like 40,000 years we didn't have like much access to capital right so we don't have much to invest to start with that's why i think it's really important to bring um bring more girls and educate them and actually actively give them capital in their hands um to change this dynamic because we don't have to just be elevated like um you know to be on the spot to everyone to be like oh yeah you're a girl let's talk about your rights like no just give us money and give us tools how to make the money and then we're going to have real equality thank you so much for that nadia yeah something i hear a lot in the nft and crypto space and, and it often rubs me the wrong way is that it's an apolitical space i don't know if you've ever heard that uh, a lot of people saying that it's it's comfortable because 
we don't get into these tense conversations about controversial issues, but, um, but then we have characters and, and, and figures like you, yourself and Natasha here, and maybe they might even be astonished to see you here. Uh, I believe that NFTs and crypto are actually a pretty thundering radical statement. How do you feel like NFTs and crypto? And this is a question for both of you. How, how can we use NFTs and crypto and Web3 in the metaverse to enable and strengthen our causes? Bobby, we don't have a chance to be I, apolitical. Uh, it's just not a question of choice for it, us. Yeah. Like, if you have privilege, Absolutely. if you are in a privileged position, you can be apolitical. But me and Latasha, we're not there. We can't. Like, it's not even like we want necessarily yeah, to be Yeah, like political. being a woman... Yeah, absolutely. I agree with um, with Nadia. Like, it's innate. Like, even Web3 in itself is innately pushing against the grain, pushing against, like, all the systems that were already here, right? Like, this is innately made for that. So how dare we say that we're supposed to be when the actual tool that we're using is not apolitical like the tool of web3 crypto is not apolitical this is a tool that is going to benefit beyond just like you know the regular whiteness that we deal with this is actually transforming lives of all types um to say that is just like ironic and pretty much a lie like this this work is beyond that um i'm watching like whole countries transform through crypto i'm watching black women find space through crypto i'm watching all of this happen and every time i hear that every time i hear somebody say like oh this space isn't racist oh this space doesn't have the same problems oh this space cares about women i'm just like you guys are lying about the systematic programming that we all already have innately within our minds. And the work in Web3 is to make sure that we're reprogramming, right? Like like you said, Bobby, this is a mind, like this is a mind shift that we're going through right now. And so, yeah, this is political. This is political. Money and power is a political statement when we're doing this. So... Latasha, in 2018, artwork by Black artists accounted for just 1.2% of the global art auction market. That's almost as bad of a stat as the one I listed earlier. (laughs) It's like gross. A joke. We we not only have this problem with scarcity of women in the space, but of racial diversity as well. Right. So I I just want you to come in here and tell us what your experience has been like as a black artist in the NFT space. Um, All right. So to be really honest, if I didn't find community, if I didn't find like people who I connect with and identify with, I don't know if I could have done the things I've done in this space. Like, it was because I've reached out and connected with more people of color, especially my black community, especially women communities. I feel like that's the reason why things got loud and we got to like really say the things that we needed to. But as a black artist, if I was just standing alone in this space, I don't know if I would always have been heard. I don't know if I've always been like taken accounted to. And I still have artwork that I believe could sell as high as a punk or beyond a punk. And I'm like, yo, what's the deal? Like, 
what statements are you guys making? And, you know, I might polarize this room right now, but like what statements are we making when we decide that we're going to give money to a constitution that's like a racial, like a racist form that we're dealing with within this country and then not give money to a reparations DAO or a DAO that supports black creatives or a DAO that supports, you know, marginalized creatives, LGBTQIA creatives, women creatives, like it's so complex to me to see like people really saying like that's more important. Um, and so as a black creative, I'm constantly, of course, trying to now I'm constantly staying optimistic. I'm constantly keeping my heart work in this and telling myself like we're going to figure this thing out and do this right. But I am also pulling my community with me doing that and also having to like move all the bullshit. <laughs> Sorry if I can't curse on this, but like move all the bullshit so that my people could walk through and that we can make something different happen here. And in moving all the bullshit, I got to be honest. I got to be truthful. I got to say my, like what it is. And, um, that could get scary, but I, I'm grateful that I got the community by my side and people pushing so that we can make something real happen in this space and transform things for the future of us. And it's already showing up. It's just a slow walk, you know what I mean? So, yeah. We definitely know what you mean. And if if you don't follow Nadia Pussy Riot or Latasha already on Twitter and other socials, uh, I urge you to do so. Number one, their art is just phenomenal, right? They're just leading the culture. But number two, just to get a better idea and impression of what the NFT Web3 space looks like, as opposed to what is constantly being mediated and fed towards us in algorithms, because there's this impression always, and the statistics don't lie, the, the statistics line up with that impression that the space looks a certain way, but... Let's say if you followed Latasha during NFT NYC and was seeing the artists that she was supporting and she was connecting and engaging with, it went against a lot of the narrative that we're constantly being told about what NFTs are and should be and could be. Um, and that's why it's also important if you have a forum, I don't care if you have 4,000 people in a room, 500, or you have five people sitting down with you at dinner, uh, we also need to include people's stories like theirs when we talk about nfts like it needs to be an intentional and conscious decision to do that uh to incorporate their stories um i wish we could just talk about these particular subjects for you know the show's only an hour and i wanted to jump to something uh, that concerns both of you as well and it's music and you're uh, nadia and latasha you're not only doing transformative work with nfts you're also challenging old systems of music you're changing how this industry moves and performs uh if if there will even be an industry at all in the future what that even means um for those in the room if you're not in music it's really hard to understand like if you're just a fan and a consumer and a listener of music um, you know, you're just you're you're appreciating these beautiful tunes, and there's artists that you can fan around. But the other side of it is actually pretty messy and ugly, uh, as far as the history of this industry goes. And so, I guess first, I wanted to begin by asking both of you, what is wrong with the music industry for those who just don't know? Like, what has historically been wrong? Why is the system broken as it is? 
Natasha, do you want to start? You could go ahead, love. <laughs> well, um, I was lucky, um, lucky enough to never uh, sign uh, to any label, so I don't have experience uh, with that. And I think, uh, I mean, that's been said, I, I know that like, labels definitely do work for some artists, but um, I, I, I believe that, um, you know, if you already have um, an existing community, existing audience, like maybe it's not the best thing you can do uh, to, to jump to, um, to, to go to a label because um, the only thing that they do for you is they provide you money um but you know the thing you have to understand and like i feel like a lot of artists they don't really that uh these are not free money that they're giving you these are money that um you know you um you're going to have to return to them so if there is another way how you can fund uh your career and your creations um i would encourage you to rather do that so even during the pandemic i was um you know, it's like for for most of my for most of my life, I would just like take money that we would make uh, for speaking engagements and uh, for our touring, and um, I put a big chunk of them in charities, and the rest of them I would just spend on um, with just the art. So they're putting them back into studios, paying people I work with, like paying for music videos, and it wasn't a lot of money. I was struggling often, but you know, I felt good because I didn't owe money to anyone and didn't want to spend anything that I didn't have so even during the pandemic was kind of kind of difficult because we stopped touring we didn't have like any sources of income uh and I was thinking I was like contemplating about a couple of uh label deals but you know it doesn't make sense because you're you're selling yourself for um, not a lot of money and like often it's um, a lot of years that you're going to have to recoup it and uh, so it's not just flexible it's not flexible and another problem is it's like oftentimes it's uh, super long term and uh, it's not suitable for um, for just 2021 because uh, today things are moving so quickly you know things just can happen with you um, like all of a sudden like, like from one day to another you sell an artwork for 100 ETH and you want to be in charge of like how are you going to spend this money if you want to spend them all to charities amazing so label are not going to take a big chunk of that for, from you so I think um, I just encourage every um, every artist to take as much control as they, they have um, and uh, if they feel like they want to share um, this you know, this power and agency over their art with someone. It must be their followers. It must be people who actually believe in their art, who care deeply about their art. So your buyers, your collectors, I feel like in the NFT space, like I'm I'm much more happy to give agency over my art, like partly at least, uh, to my collectors um, than to a record label because um, I feel like these people, like, you know, like often they follow me for years and like they know, they care really deeply deeply care about what Pussyriot is about so those people who come to buy my pieces like you know the, from this ACAB collection that's based on my prison sentence um, they um, they they know what's going on and uh, they're better better company for me than um, record label do you want me to answer that too yes Bobby, please or you want yes to ask please question? so <laughs> 
in my in my opinion, what's wrong with the music industry is that we're still using a model that we start that they started using in the 1920s. And obviously we are not in the 1920s anymore. The way artists work and and move and create is a very different thing. And at this point, what needs to be the model is a model that reflects the amount of energy artists are using and the amount of, you know, work that we put into everything. And I don't think the label system could even work in that model anymore. Like the label system in its in itself and in its entirety needs to figure out a whole new way in which the artist is at the forefront instead of them taking the leverage and, you know, pretty much putting all of this on the artist. I, um, you know, I like Pussy Riot. I'm grateful that I never had to sign with the label, but I've definitely been approached and I've definitely had the conversations and I definitely was like, this is just not gonna allow me to live in wellness at all. I've had homies like be signed and still be living in living on couches, like fully signed artists, two major labels and not be able to buy lunch for themselves. Um, and it's like, it's like, how is that even possible? How can you like tell an artist that you're going to sign a deal and still have to have a part-time job? You know, like I, I, the, to me, it's like music is full-time work to create music, to write songs, to perform, to engage with your audience. All of that is a full-time job. And we deserve to be like paid properly for that full-time work that we're doing. And you guys know how I always go off about Spotify and, you know, all the DSPs. That is not wellness, unfortunately. Like, I mean, you're you're getting a million streams for what? Like, you'll make like a, a $3,000 probably. The joke was when I made my um 30, I think I made a 10 ETH um, sale recently for one of my songs called Glow Up Remix. And that was 30K that I made. In order for me to make 30K off of Spotify, I believe I had to have 300 million streams. That is insanity. <laughs> that is insanity for an artist who is just starting, who doesn't have the marketing, who can't, like, doesn't want to sign with a label because we know what the label will do to the artist, box them in, not allow them to hold their creativity, all of these aspects. Like, the model is old and tired, and we're done with it. And I'm just so excited for NFTs because I just know that this is the beginning of what the deconstruction of the the music industry is going to look like this is how they're going to have to start paying attention like yesterday yesterday we just saw title like title just came through and was like oh actually we're not doing this model anymore we're gonna pay artists direct from their consumer now like do you wonder why that's happening it's because of what's happening here and so I just I feel like the the labels are gonna have a lot of a lot of explaining and transforming to do. Um, that's must be. That's the perfect setup for our next guest, who's also joining the room. We're really, really super lucky to have Blau here. And uh, Justin Blau, Blau, um, when I started getting into this space in NFTs about a year ago, he was, he, Andre RAC, uh, Trevor, there was a few guys that we were, that were really like our North Stars, that we were, 
we were looking to uh, having architected much of this. And so we cannot talk about NFTs without talking about Blau. We can't really talk about NFTs and music without talking about Blau. In 2017, he had a music festival. It's called Our Music Festival. It was the first blockchain-powered music festival for everyone who thinks this is new. Uh, 2017, he was doing that. Um, you had to have a Blau loyalty badge collectible uh, through your festival app wallet. I mean, I wasn't there. He could probably better explain that. <laughs> but he, he continued. I mean, Blau, you continue to con- to push this envelope you have this new music platform it's called royal um it lets fans buy nfts to share in the royalties earned by their favorite artists i mean i'm gonna ask you the same thing first of all welcome but also i'm gonna ask you the same thing like what is wrong with the industry today and then i guess the second part of that is how can we fix this what's the remedy yeah dude before i answer that i just have to say latasha i've i've heard you speak on a number of occasions as a listener and your energy is absolutely incredible. You you stand for everything that I want to see change in the music business. And so listening to you speak is like so inspiring for me. Um, you know, just someone who's, you know, as somebody who's been like, you know, pretty much shared your vision for a really long time. It's just, it's always fun to, to, to hear that vision expressed so articulately by, by another artist, especially um, someone like yourself. And, and, you know, I wish I was at your performance at NFT NYC. I heard about the drama. I heard about the craziness, but I also saw some videos of you performing and it looked amazing. So just wanted to say like, uh, Latasha, you're, you're a legend. And, and of course, Pussy Riot, you know, it was great to meet you at NFT NYC and, you know, such a big fan of, of everything that, that you, your, your story is, is absolutely incredible. So it's an honor to share. Thank you. With so, many, so many great, great people. To meet you too. Thanks so much. Um, appreciate that yeah so i just had to shout out the other other people on stage who who really stand for the change that you know a lot of us want to see and you know just like you said you know at the start of this i remember being (laughs) me me and andre uh, rac were at an ethereum conference in 2017 and and people thought we were both nuts like we we, you know we, we tried to find other musicians that were into this stuff and it was it was pretty hard um and so it's just so inspiring to see all the all the people coming you know and and joining this movement today Getting to the actual question of what's wrong, um, I think I think the answer is quite simple. It's that um, you know musicians have been of of all types of art forms and artists. Musicians have been disenfranchised and taken advantage of for decades. You know middlemen. You know you look at some of the biggest artists in the world, and their managers are wealthier than 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 the artists that they represent. How does that make any sense, right? A manager wouldn't have a career without their artists, and so you know artists tend to focus on their art. And in doing so, you know, they maybe neglect the business side of, of, the, of the, what they do, and they, they aren't given the tools to maintain their own independence. And so as artists grow, they, they enjoy making their art, and they continuously give up equity in themselves to all these other people. And then by the time they get really big, they realize that, like, they don't even own their, they don't even own their own creativity anymore, right? And that's the model that, you know, I think Web3 seeks to reshape. It's a model that enables fans and their favorite artists to grow together and align incentives between both parties. Of course, this is what we're working on at Royal, but you know, giving ownership of music to fans, not just collectability, but actual ownership in songs, is something that we feel will shape the future of music and will help artists you know, like Latasha monetize in ways that labels, like a label's never gonna you know, give a new artist a $50,000 advance, $100,000 advance. Labels are giving away $10,000 for 80% of the ownership in a song for a single from these new TikTok influencers, right? And Latasha is, is living proof that there is a better way to do this, right? And, and so is Pussy Riot, of course. I just think it's fascinating that, you know, people are starting to discover this now 
And the movement is becoming so powerful that, you know, all my artist friends across the spectrum of popularity are ready to like jump ship from this old world. And that's kind of what we need, right? Like we need artists to come together to show each other what the power of Web3 really can do. And, you know, and that's what's happening. And like, shit, man, like this is like, this is the, the shit that I believed in like for, for so long. And so many people were like, yeah, nah. And now that it's like happening, uh, like the energy levels are just through the roof, right? It's just such a super exciting time. Latasha, can you, uh, for the room, tell us about some ways that NFTs um, and this technology has helped to fix some of the things, the things that we're talking about with your own career from your own personal experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, once again, thank you, Blau, for that love. I really hope that, you know, in the future, you really do push for the, you know, the same works that I'm pushing for because, you know, you are a pioneer in this space and to have someone like you push for women, for LGBTQI folk, for black folk, for marginalized peeps would mean so much to the communities for sure. Um, I just wanted to say that first, but really do appreciate the word. Um, For me, NFT literally transformed my whole life. I mean, before this, I wasn't, I was going through the same walks like a lot of artists. I was trying to figure, well, the only difference with me was like, I'm from Brooklyn. So I didn't want no, you know, I didn't want to do the whole label situation. I wanted to be like Hove and figure out independence. And that shit was hard. Like, I mean, I've, I've toured myself and then ended up homeless touring myself. I've, you know, fought managers and venues because, you know, one of the big problems with hip hop is like venues don't respect hip hop and really shit on hip hop a lot. And so I've had to fight through that. I've like made sure that we've had spaces in New York city. Oh, hold on one second. I don't know if I'm getting rugged. Am I good guys? Can you hear me? We hear you. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're okay, good. good. All right. Um, You know, if I've had venues shut us out and tell us that we can't be in there and, you know, I just got fucking tired. And um, thankfully, someone like bestowed me some support, uh, angel investor bestowed me some support so I could quit my nine to five and do this full time. And then we moved to Los Angeles and I had like shitty sync deals where the, the sync deal was like terrible. But I, you know, I lived off of that just to try to eat. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, fuck, I'm really fucked right now. <laughs> and then um you know, my partner, shout out to Ja, who also has an amazing drop today. He told me about NFTs and I was like, word. And I was hella skeptical. And then I got into it. Like, I was like, what do I have to lose? Like at this point, I do want this for myself. I do want independence for myself. And so I did my first one in February and it was like, I was like, I think music video isn't really pushed in the space yet. So I was like, I have tons of content and music videos and stuff like that. So let me dive into this. And I, I pushed my first piece on Zora and Zora gave me mad support. So shout out to Zora. And if you guys don't know, I'm artist community lead at Zora. So if you're ever at Zora and need some support, I'm down to support you. I pushed it on Zora and it sold for in three minutes. And I cried practically that day because I was like, my urgency as a black artist is being met and fed right now. Like I could, you know, it was not like a huge amount of money. It was like 1K, but for an artist at that time, 
in my life, I was like, 1K meant a lot to me, you know, like that meant like I could pay my fucking rent, you know? Um, and then as we went along, I pushed this I idea of being multidimensional in the space, making sure artists feel like they could show them their whole selves. So I would push poetry, I would push performance, I would push everything. And thankfully, everything sold. And I was like watching things just sell and sell and sell. And I'm still watching it. And then um, in June in the summer we I was like I just want to push music videos now and see what's going to happen fully and shout out to my Zoratopia squad cuz I teach a class um every other Wednesday called Zoratopia and if it wasn't for them I don't know if I would have pushed the music videos as hard as I did but they were just like we need to see how you do this so I pushed my music videos and the first one glow up remix no the first one Macdiverse made um, 11K, the second one did 30K, the fourth one made 20K. And so I was like, oh shit, Yeet! this this is crazy, right? And I literally made what a fucking record deal might've looked like for me in a summer without anybody owning my masters, without anybody t boxing me in, with content that I already had living on YouTube, living on different, you know, places. It, it was, it's, it's still mind blowing to me. And I'm so grateful because this is what it's about now. This is like, I, this is going to be a godsend for so many artists out there. I really believe it. And, um, you know, I've, dealt with the backlash of like, oh, NFTs are bad for the environment and all that stuff. If anybody ever tells you that, NFTs only take up 1% of the Ethereum mainnet, so don't believe the shit. Um, but there's a lot of beauty in this space, especially for POC artists, especially for women. And um, I just I, I just really believe in it. And I, 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 I will say over and over, the real beauty of this, too, is that I could share with my homies and the people who invested in me, like when I didn't have it. Like every time I have a music video, I make sure to split it with like my partner who shot my videos with my friends who were there for it, whoever was there. And to see them like also win with me is is transformative. So. That's that that's what it's about. That that's literally exactly that, that's what it's about. Like the fact that you can now, you know, all of my earliest collectors, like like you said, you know, some of the first NFTs that that we, you know, music NFTs that I I, I started selling, you know, post OMF in twenty seventeen when I kind of got reengaged, they were two hundred dollars. They were five hundred dollars for music that I made that I knew I was never going to release. And what what this technology does that's so powerful is it, it captures all of the value, the emotional value of music that a third of a cent per stream just can't represent. So, you know, historically you've got, and I was just talking on, on, the, on, on the phone with, with Chris Dixon about this, the demand curve for music is flat. The cost of purchasing music, you're just buying a license to listen to it. There's absolutely no ownership or emotional connection to it whatsoever. Now you introduce this new mechanism of buying music as art, right? The same way a Charizard Pokemon card costs $350,000. That Pokemon card physical value is only about $1.50, the cardboard and the printing, right? The rest is virtual value. But the virtual value of music specifically hasn't been captured before. It's just, you know, it used to be the 99 cents on iTunes. Now it's the $9.99 that you pay as a subscription fee to get access to 
everything, literally everything. You don't own anything. You just get to listen to it, right? So this concept of ownership is now transforming the way that artists like Latasha, like Pussy Riot, like myself can, can monetize in that we have listeners that really believe in us. You don't have to be the biggest artist in the world to be able to support yourself and to be able to support your creative career. You just need to have a couple of people, you know, 100 to 1,000 people that really believe in you that now can actually own a piece of your story and who are now more incentivized to spread the word about you because they win too. You know, a- another conversation I had recently is, you know, t- take an artist like Bad Bunny. It used to cost like, $10 to go see him perform. If you were an early fan and you love Bad Bunny and you supported Bad Bunny back in the day, you spread the word about Bad Bunny. Now it costs you $1,000 to go see him perform because he's so popular for a nosebleed seat in an arena, right? And so like the fan experience gets worse as artists become more popular. Now, now there's a way to have these, these, these you know, fans actually participate in your success. And, and like for someone like you, Latasha, I have no doubt like the earliest owners of your NFTs five years from now are going to, you know, your, your market value is going to expand rapidly, right? And those people get to win with you. And that, that's what's so special about this technology. Yeah, I just wanted to piggyback on that. Like market value is so real. Like right now we have a music video on the secondary market for $5 million. Like that's insane, right? And that in itself also just shout out, we have a party bid for it as well. So if you want to join in to party bidding that music video, that could be so transformative. And I'm like, like Lau also said, you could, I'm sharing that with my squad, like who shot this music video and that secondary market is crazy. Like I'm going to make $1 million that I could share with the homies. I could use to tour. I could do other things with once that sells. So this is like so much, there's so much beyond to this. And the person who owns that next time, (laughs) the next secondary market of that is going to be even higher. So yeah, there's so much to give. And that's, and that's, Oh no, Blau, are you rugged? Are you back? Is it me? Okay, there you are. Josh, um, was actually. Sorry, oh, I think you. Oh, can, I think you, you cut out for a second, or it was me. Maybe it was me. I don't know. Bugged or rugged? Go ahead. Can you can you hear me we now? We can hear you. Okay, wonderful. So we we have someone in the audience. I, I just want to shout him out. His name is is, is Josh. Um, Josh was actually at my music festival in 2017 at OMF. And he sent me a, a screenshot of, of the badge, the, the Blau badge and the OMF like loyalty NFT that, that he claimed at the festival. And this like right after the uh, the apes, the original, you know, the original board apes were minted. I minted a bunch of them and I, I ended up like giving away 25 in my discord community of collectors, like people that have owned my NFTs. And, you know, Josh had just posted that he was at OMF. And I was like, this dude needs needs an ape. And it's his profile picture today. And this was like back when apes were like less than a thousand bucks, right? And so like th- this is the power of, of Web3 and community. Like it, it goes beyond just your music when you engage with the Web3 community, right? It goes beyond just your NFTs. It's just, it's just as we were talking about, it kind of extends to all of your collaborators and all the people that you work with and, and it incentivizes everyone to win together, right? And so, you know, it, it's to me, this is still very, very much early innings of, of, of the capacity of this technology. Like layer twos are barely starting to barely starting to function to make a lot of this stuff more affordable, which is, you know, obviously a huge barrier to entry for people, right? Like thankfully you have companies like like OpenSea and you know who who help artists mint their first assets. But it is really like cost prohibitive to get involved. 
And I just can't wait for the day when, you know, super low cost NFTs can engage a larger range of people without having, you know, high fees and, and you know, creating this kind of multi-chain environment where, where these assets can cross, you know, between different, you know, just between different places with a lot less friction. So, yeah, I mean, like everyone who's in this room, I always like to say this. This is very much the beginning of, of what will be a many decade movement of like what represents digital ownership, right? Like you've never been able to really own something digitally before at all. Now you can at least, you know, it started out with collectability, right? And you have, you know, collectible art that doesn't necessarily assign you with any rights. And what we're going to see is we're going to start to see NFTs expand their feature set beyond just collectability, beyond even utility, you know, access, participation, royalty payments, all these things are going to be built into the assets that you own today. And, you know, I think Bored Apes have done such a great job of this in, in continuing to give back to the community that supported them early on with, with you know, additional airdrops and, you know, mutants and, 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 and the dogs and so on and so forth, right? And so the beauty of Web3 and, and, like, for everyone listening is once you engage with the community, it kind of just, like, creates this domino effect of value that gets, you know, that accrues to a community of supporters in ways that you just like couldn't do in the fiat world because <laughs> it's just too much paperwork and too much legal work and, and expensive, right? Like if you're a new artist and you wanted to like raise money yourself without a record label, you, you know, aside from setting up an LLC that you have to like do a Reg CF offering, you know, there, there are partners that you could do that with, but then your fans don't get access to their assets for a year, right? So there, there's like all these types of things that are super prohibitive in the legacy fiat world that Web3 NFT world begins to, you know, at least lower the costs and, and, and the barriers to entry. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like we're all just passionate and random. <laughs> I would love to hear from Nadia more too. I know she's, um, I know she's still there and listening. I uh, am. I, I'm enjoying um, it so much. I really uh, love this room. I think it's really, really inspiring. Nadia, when Justin was talking, when Bly was talking about how, and Latasha were talking about how NFTs can be used to, to give back to their communities and to include and uh, help their communities. One, I was thinking about you just because so much of your NFT work um, can be philanthropy led and cause oriented. And for you, it's not just about your music career and your music profile and uh, only getting your art out there. It's also about highlighting the issues that affect the people that you seem to love the most. Um, I guess my question for you was, you know, how can we, how can everyone else start looking at NFTs in a way uh, where it's of a place from charity and from philanthropy? Um, uh, if you had any thoughts on that. Um, I think if we all would introduce um, some charity and philanthropy to our thinking, there will be much less pressure on just like the selective group of people who are activists to perform all of that. I've been thinking a lot about that. And you know, it's just like, it started with me going to jail for two years. And I, I was like, if only, you know, like everyone who I, at least, at least everyone I know and who tweeted something about like wanting to live in fair world would actually do something to um, actively, proactively do something to bring this world closer, then I probably wouldn't have to go to jail for two years. And um, it's not like us activists, we enjoy to be martyrs. We don't. I, I actually really love to have fun time. I really love to spend time with my family and friends. And I do not love to be in jail. 
So, um, and same thing with uh, hearing NFTs. You know, I I look at people like People Pleaser who made this uh, giant sale. What was that like? A thousand East sale to People uh, to People Pleaser DAO, and she um, she just uh, transferred all this money to charity. And um, I would just want to. I uh, want it to be more balanced, like, just to know, like, I, I want more artists and more collectors to like, think a little bit more charitable. So then, you know, like, girls, like, um, they already belong to vulnerable communities, like people pleaser. They do not have to feel like they have to save the world, the whole world with their backs. And I'm just like, let's just like all do this, like our little part. So I definitely did my fair share in um, um, in sharing a lot with my community and uh, was uh, always like as Latasha said, I always like split with everyone who is involved creatively. But um, more than that, I um, make sure that I send big uh, big share of uh, whatever I earn to things that I'm uh, really passionate about, like um, first tale. Um, a big part of it went to uh, support women's, uh, women's shelter for victims of domestic violence. Um, so I feel like how can everyone help? Uh, well, actually, you no. Know, combine your words and your deeds. Just make sure that, you know, we just um, we actually do things, not just talk about things. And uh, I mean, I love this room right now. Like Latasha and Blau, like everyone, um, you know, did do the talk and goes the walk, as they say here in the United States, right? Um, well, so, <laughs> yeah, I meant just, like, a lot, like, overwhelming amount of, um, like, um, really big collectors who would say nice things but didn't necessarily support that because they still support people who they just happen to understand better, who they think they're their brothers or something. You know, I feel like it's like good to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and go there and support a female artist or a person of color, uh, a queer artist. And I know it's like it does not come easy to you, but you know, going to jail for three years is not easy as well. So like let's just let's just make it work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nadia. Uh before I jump to the last question and topic I wanted to get to today. I'm going to actually uh, ask Sandy, who's who's uh, the captain of the Atom Bomb Squad over here, to tell us about how to retrieve your POAP, because there is a POAP. Every episode has one. Yeah, every episode has a POAP. And um, you could go ahead and submit the form at Flangers right now. It's actually pinned on the spaces. Um, if you go ahead and swipe to by all of the amazing tweets from both Latasha Blau and Nadia. Um, but there's a code. You can't receive up unless you get the code the code is music in all caps so make sure you fill that out so you could get your pull app it will be just like a badge so maybe like three years from now when we talk about the twitter spaces we'll be able to show that you are able to get this pull app from this talk thanks oh, yeah, sandy can I for a second yes, no, please, just, please, just please. one second we have to have two minutes uh perseverance so it's um I feel like this is a good room for, for to announce that I've never said to anyone, including including holders of my NFTs. So okay, we're thinking to start Pussyverse DAO that's going to help women and uh non binary people to onboard um on in the NFT space and um we are going to make sure that we actually find ways how to support them financially with like 
you know, buying their art and just like putting them in front of collectors. Um, so yeah, we're here to stay and just like really want to make sure that this NFT, NFT world is fun and diverse. And I want to go to crypto parties and not actually cringe, but be like, oh, this is a really fun and comfortable place to be. Uh, okay. Holy shit. That was insane. <laughs> uh, for those who uh, may have missed that, Pussy vs. Dow is coming and happening. And um, this uh, show is kind of intended for people who are a little bit newer to NFTs. And even if they are, they're still trying to learn. Can you, um, it can be you, Latasha or Justin up on stage, if any of you want to kind of explain what a DAO is, because the subject matter is very, very uh, topical these days. Can you just Blau, tell us a little bit about what that, that means? Uh, sure, yeah. So, I mean, DAOs can uh, manifest in, in, in lots of different ways. Um, one of the most, you know, relevant DAOs that I recently um, participated in is the Constitution DAO that's actually happening right now. I haven't been watching the auction, um, but a, a group of people pulled money together to bid on the, you know, one of the only public copies of the Constitution at Sotheby's. But DAOs, to, to put very simply, are basically decentralized autonomous organizations where members own tokens and have voting power to make decisions on, you know, lots of different things, whether that's buying assets or governance proposals or, you know, a bunch of other things. But DAO just stands for uh, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. It's basically like, think of uh, a bunch of shareholders in a company, but on the blockchain, um, where everyone gets an equal vote in, you know, depending on their ownership um, in, in what the DAO does. And so there are DAOs for pretty much, you know, DAOs are popping up for lots of different purposes, whether it's governance purposes in the DeFi world or, you know, ownership of NFTs um, that are maybe more expensive for one person to own that a bunch of people pull money collectively to own. Um, you know, Pleaser DAO is obviously one of the most prolific and, and amazing DAOs around um, and have, have done some pretty incredible things. But um, pretty much anyone can be a member of a DAO. And that's what's so special. You know, you can't necessarily always have access to investing in, you know, small private companies because it's like difficult to get into those types of deals. But what DAOs have done is it's kind of democratized the idea of ownership of collect and, and like collective investing and, and tons of stuff like that. Um, so yeah, DAO tokens are, are really powerful tools. Um, there's a lot of like regulatory uncertainty surrounding them. So like just putting that out there. Um, but um, lots of cool things are happening and, you know, I'm proud to be a participant in many of them. Hopefully that's a good answer to the question. Blizzard DAO is fire. I'm so happy to be a part of it. Like I, I, they bought my artwork, originally please become a feminist. Shout out to them, by the way, for actually supporting activist art. They bought Snowden, the book People Pleaser, Pussy Ride. Uh, great work, people. Pl great work, Pleaser Dow. Word. I just wanted to shout out my Dows, too, since everybody's doing shout Let's out go. to Dows. Uh, um, big shout out to Her Story Dow, which is a collector Dow dedicated to supporting Black women's art and Black art in um, NFT. And shout out to um, Reparations Dow, which we're now working on to support um, getting, you know, 
more support for, you know, black communities and people within the NFT space and collecting artifacts and things of that nature too. And then of course, big shout out to FWB because I adore y'all and we've been working on diversity within FWB. I'm really excited to be a part of the fellowship com community and committee that is bringing on the first fellows. So yeah, those are the DAOs that are out there. And just to let y'all know, DAOs actually can really be for any idea that you guys have. I'm really interested in making some more DAOs in the super future. So just be on the lookout. The last question I wanted to ask, and I, I, I think it was begging to be asked. Uh, Blau, earlier you mentioned Board Apes and everything that they've done for this space. There's been this really amazing new, uh, in, I guess, rush for apes over the last couple of weeks for a number of reasons. One of them was that Universal announced this deal where they're essentially, I think they're Jimmy's uh, for apes. They're turning into a band, which I, keep, I I was thinking of like gorillas or something like that. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings about it uh, on a mainstream level. I think everyone's very excited. And uh, if anything, it, it boosted the sales of, of apes. But I wanted to get your perspective on it because I saw I, I saw you talking I would, about it. I would say I would cite a, 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 a different potential reason for the floor price rise that is nothing to do with that announcement. That what is, is it, actually? You know, maybe, maybe Alpha Intel that I can't oh, speak too much of. Okay. Um, okay. But I'm pretty sure that's what, that's what increased the price, um, more so than, than the announcement of, of a partnership. It, it definitely, um, it definitely wasn't that, Jimmy Fallon, right? No, <laughs> no, no. It, it's like it's – it, it, it's, it's, uh, oh, that was – I'm like I get really passionate and then I forget what's funny and what's not. Um, <laughs> but um, no, so like I I have really mixed feelings about it and and you know the, the that Universal um, Ape announcement is one of two um, Ape supergroups. I guess Timbaland announced another one. Um, I think it's it's really interesting that the manifestation of this is happening with the connected legacy world, right? Like the the vision that I would prefer to see is you have a bunch of ape owners that happen to be musicians that form a band and use their avatars and, you know, raise money from the ape community, give ownership and their music to the ape community, and it's done in that way. Um, the way this was particularly done feels slightly manufactured and, you know, uh, slightly money-grabby. Um, but I, I did speak, you know, I, I love Jimmy. I'm a huge fan of Jimmy. Um, I think, like, Jimmy's super smart to think about ways of monetizing his collection. Um, I think that you know, some of the other team members behind this idea are really, really smart. I think it's a very, very cool concept. I just would have preferred to see it kind of happen in a different way um, because it's it's not really like the ape owners are band members, right? It's like mostly manufactured, um, which is fine. Like, I think that like a lot of that stuff is inevitable. Um, that is very much how the entire K-pop world works and it's very powerful and, and like community driven. And I think that there's a lot of positivity in that. Um, at the same time, like, some of this stuff is against the ethos of, you know, you know, everything that we're doing. So I'm kind of like mixed myself about it because I, I love the people that are behind it. Um, but again, like I wish the, the alternative would have been, you know, a bunch of ape owners forming a band together using their avatars as, as, the, as their kind of like digital identities and, and doing it that way as opposed to like taking four apes from one owner and getting somebody else to produce the music, um, you know, seem, seems a bit different. But again, you know, I, I don't want to sound too negative about it i think it's like overall very very good for the visibility of the movement and so like i think that the positives probably outweigh the negatives i just 
wish I would have seen it happen in a different Maybe way. Maybe it still can happen in a different way. I mean, why can't there be multiple ape bands and multiple ape artists? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I want to see doodle bands and I want to see cool cat, cool cats, rappers and brain vomit, hardcore bands. I want to see it all. Um, <laughs> okay. I am going to start wrapping this up. This shows uh, an hour and everyone up here is so busy and they're all over the world. Um, so I'm going to let them go. So thank you so much to everyone who listened today to Adam Bomb Squad Bomb Talk. I'm Bobby Hundreds. And our project, Adam Bomb Squad, is out there. Check it out. Uh, any parting words for anyone up on stage? I, I really want to thank, well, I want to thank Nadia Pussy Riot. I really want to thank you, Latasha, for, for doing this twice. Uh, I took a lot of your time. Um, but if there's any parting words, I'd love to leave on, on your voice. I'll tell mine. Anybody got anything they want to say? Because I, I could say something real quick. Say. Um, I just wanted to say um, I really believe in what this space can do. And, you know, like I said earlier today, there are some polarizing issues going on within NFT. And I want to be real blunt about that and honest about, like, what we need to do and stand up for. That's why, you know, we've made reparations DAO to really counter the Constitution DAO, to be real frank, um, just because as a Black artist and a Black creative, the Constitution has had a lot of issues with racism and with all the things. So we're really excited for reparations DAO. Everybody who wants to support that and support, you know, Black movements within NFT, BIPOC movements within NFT, LGBTQIA movements, and marginalized folk movements, holler at me because I'm ready to, like, really see something change in this space. So um, just wanted to Wait, shout Wait, Latasha, how, how, do I, how, how do I invest in reparations now? Holler at me, Blau. We'll talk Sick. about it and I'll send it over to you because that would be amazing if you showed up. Um, but yes, there our opportunities out here and i just also want to say we are here women are here whenever you see somebody talk about there's not a woman there's not black people there's not you know bipoc folk lgbtqi folk we are here and it, as an ally to the space show that we are here if you are a true ally show that we are here because we're doing the work and that's all i gotta say i love you so much I adore you, Bobby. Just, I just love you. Um, Nadia, uh, how yeah. about, what do you want to say? Everyone, thank you for coming here. Um, I'm really glad I'm surrounded by like-minded people. And I just joined um, this NFT craziness. I was scared as hell because I was just expecting that I'm going to be surrounded by people who have nothing to do with me. Then I met women of crypto art, VOCA, then I met um, some other amazing ladies and some pro-feminist men. And I feel like we're building a wonderful community. We're doing really good. You know, looking back, um, like almost a year ago, almost a year ago, I joined it. And I, I did not regret at all. And, you know, I had a lot of backlash from my activist community because they said, like, I just joined during this, like, weird crypto bro cult. And... But I feel like, I feel like, I mean, they're not totally wrong, but I feel like we totally can make it much, much better because, you know, having Latasha and Blau and Bobby here, like we, if we 
join our forces, we are pretty much unstoppable. I love that so much. And, and like, truly honored uh, not to be on stage with you. I think, like, I'm mostly excited about, you know, the crypto world was very white male dominated for a very long time, without a doubt. And it is so exciting to see representation across all communities get involved. And like, there's, there's a lot more resources today for everyone to learn about this stuff. And, you know, crypto is always meant to be been. Rugged. Rugged. And, and that's what excites me, like from a, from a core passion. Sorry. Sorry, you got you got rugged again. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Sorry, you got we. Oh cut no! Out for a second, I was talking about how how how. Shit. You're... Well, I, I was talking about how crypto has become a true democratizing force, and you know, I'm just excited to see people with all different types of backgrounds from all over the world, from all different community communities, you know, utilizing this technology to shape their careers and to shape their creativity. And it's like, you know, that was always the dream behind like the Ethereum ecosystem, decentralization, all these other other L1s, right? Like you have this technology that's meant to be built upon and like people are actually building on it now. In coming back to um, the initial question of Bobby, but um, so many people say that this place is apolitical. I um, interviewed Vitalik Buterin, one of the co-founders of Ethereum, couple of months ago and he is a visionary he does have strong political views he may not might not put them in words like you know he's not calling himself any labels or names but he has strong political views about like more equality and creating more public goods and you know these are ideas with which he started ethereum and i feel like this is just funny and also arrogant to to, of people to say that this this is apolitical because it's like clearly not from the beginning. You know, this ethos was a part of Ethereum, and um, um, I mean, like for for Vitalik, you know, it's not just it's just alternative system of money. It's alternative. Um, it like it's a tool for an alternative social system. Agreed. Thank you, everyone, uh, for being up on stage today. Uh, we got so much information, and I know we could have done this for another 12 hours. Uh, if you want to learn more, <laughs> right? If you, if, if anyone in the room wants to know more, just follow them, please. They're, they're speaking their mind every day. Uh, please support their art and their music. Please support more women in the space, more diversity in the space. Um, it's already happening, like Latasha said, but um, we it's going to be a very long journey, it's, and we're, we're going uphill. Yeah, and- Bobby, just to, just to mention that there was a stat that was posted to Instagram recently that I think only five percent of all NFT sales um, have come from from female artists. I, we need to get that to sixty percent. Yeah, let's do that work. We chatted about that earlier to this talk for sure. We got to do that. Oh, work, sorry. Y'all. No, it's all good. But, we have, um, we really got to do that. We have more than four hundred people in the room. Oh, by the way, I just pinned my collection in my Twitter. So if anyone wants to go there and just like pick ACB, I wouldn't be mad at you. <laughs> plug that in, Pussy Riot. I'm going to plug in my party bid real quick. Anybody want to party bid my Mactiverse joint? 
you know, it's up for $5 million, but we can get that easily with 400 people. Point, just point one ETH will change the game. So come through and party bid and go and buy Pussy Riot. If y'all really about it, do that. For real, for real. But that's about, are we going to party in Miami? Yeah, we're partying in Miami. Everybody, you awesome, know, great. Andy, right? See got some secret sauce happening. <laughs> we got some secret sauce. Wait, happening. what? And everybody, there mo- this- there's even. Mo- oh, I want to be there. There's even more alpha. Wait, what is this in Miami? Just not this secret sauce. Yes, that's but- all we're saying. We can't tell y'all anything. And oh then December third. That's all I'm gonna say. Keep December third oh open and ready. That's all I gotta say. That's it. But uh, Matt vibes on right. December third in Miami. That's it. All right. Well, the the story continues. We'll see everyone in Basel, and um, we'll see you next week. We have a next show. I think we have Ron English coming on board, and we're gonna do a an art related bomb talk here uh, through Adam Bomb Squad and through my Twitter, Bobby Hundreds. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have the best day, night, wherever you are.